we should be honored that life gives us these moments all the time to always respond better. There's always going to be another chance to do a little better than we just did because it's going to keep happening and happening. And that's how we become the person who can go out and face the world and have peace in it. You're listening to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, the podcast for coaches, thought leaders, and change makers who are ready to become the standout expert. If that's you, stay tuned because you're in the right place. I'm your host, Samantha Riley, and I want to help you build a successful business sharing your expertise, generate the impact and income you need to create your ideal lifestyle. It's time to make a difference and scale up. Are you ready? Let's enter the lab. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, Joel. It's great to have you joining me today. Grateful to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, this is going to be so exciting. If you're listening now, I just said to Joel, we have to stop chatting. I have to press record because I was a little bit worried that we were just going to have this amazing conversation (laughs) and run out of things to say when I hit record. But I actually know that that's not going to be the case. (laughs) This is going to be amazing. But I'd love you to start off, Joel, by sharing a little bit about what it is that you do now and and the kinds of people that you work with and, you know, just a little bit so that we can get to know you. A little bit of a flex. (laughs) Yeah, let's go there. (laughs) Um, I have been grateful to work with some pretty cool people. I guess you call me a serial entrepreneur. From, you know, my first business as a boot camp in a magazine that did not much at all to an underwear company that I, are you familiar with Bendon? In, yes, yes. Yeah, yep. They bought my company. Wow. Um, so, <laughs> so that was a 10 year journey. And then I started a, a, a travel clothing company after that, that had a really good Kickstarter. Not a great time to be in the travel anything uh-huh, business. Uh-huh. And since, you know, during that time, I wrote a book and, I, and I've launched a coaching program because I had such a profound personal uh, experience. And when I say the word profound, I mean, horrendously painful, incredibly challenging inner journey that led to some pretty great things. And I, I, I just needed to share that because some of those great people you talked about, they're the reasons I even got through that. My mentors, my coaches, my friends, um, whether it was a hard-nosed New York executive or uh, my doctor of Chinese medicine friend in Miami named Jason Gordon. Uh, and along the journey, you know, we've, my companies have partnered with Dwayne Wade, who's just a phenomenal human being, and he's a three-time NBA champion. We were the official underwear of the amazing Spider-Man. We've, I've been on CBC's Dragon Stand. Do you do you have Dragon Stand or Shark Tank? Uh, we have Shark Tank, but I do watch Dragon Stand on YouTube right. or something. <laughs> well, if you if you want to see somebody crash and burn on national TV, oh, <laughs> I, I get to look you up now. <laughs> I mean, that was many moons ago, but that uh-huh. uh, you know, so got to work with them, and and uh, yeah, I mean, it's it it's been ten years of traveling, mostly the United States and Canada working with incredible investors and people to, to build these things and, and help shape me, I guess, to, to where I am today and what I'm, and what I'm trying to give back today. Mm. Entrepreneurship is a journey, isn't it? It's not, a, it's not this beautiful straight line from A to B. And you, you talk about that, um, that experience that changed you. And I think that there's something that I realized from 
you know, from podcasting back in 2015 is that is the golden thread that is just about in every person's story that I've ever interviewed, the people that really get to, you know, some sort of level of, of success, they've got these stories of being down and out. And it's not just, oh, you know, I lived in my grandma's basement or my parents' basement. There's these stories of where, you know, they, they had the, the wind knocked out of them. They were on their knees. They, they really had this, have this story of who am I? What am I here for? Um, and it sounds like you had one of these experiences yourself. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the kindred spirit that, I, that entrepreneurs share is whether you're running a $100 million company, a billion dollar company, or a company that's got maybe $100,000 in revenue, the feelings are quite similar. Mm -hmm. The experiences are quite similar, right? You are, you are presented with one question always. And that question is, do I want to keep going? Do I want to keep doing this? A failure, I guess, in a way, is, is the thing that asks you that question. And from day one, I like to, I like to always say that like the, the, there's a difference between courage when you know what's at stake and you know the enemy that you face, you know how hard it's going to be to face that enemy versus having the courage to set out on your first sort of journey and you don't know any of those things. And they're just very different journeys as a first, second, your, your listeners are probably serial entrepreneurs have you know, gone through that many times. And I just find it so inspiring when truly when someone knows how, how hard this is going to be and how, and how much is at stake that they go and they do it and they do battle and they, and they dig deep and they find that. And it's that first one that builds it. And that hit me, that slapped me over the face right away when I, I wasn't an apparel designer, I was a runner and I, and I'd had a running scholarship and I, I was just selected to represent my country at a world championship. And then I blew up my Achilles Ooh. and so all that shattered. Um, literally oh. <laughs> as a dancer i'm cringing <laughs> the dancer you would definitely oh, know i know right? <laughs> yeah the, the achilles is literally like the, achilles mm -hmm. is the story and so i um more or less i quickly reinvented myself without giving myself a lot of pause to settle into into a better understanding of what I wanted in life ultimately and who I was in life. I kind of just jumped from one thing into another, which we can dive into, but to, to your point and to your question, like that first in inside that first year, I'd somehow managed to raise money. I'd somehow managed to get on national TV. I'd somehow managed to put this underwear line in the biggest chain in Canada. I guess uh, for me, that's Holt Renfrew. For you, that would be the equivalent of David Jones. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Right? So the very prestigious account, right? And, and, I, and they, so they, just this classic ignorant mistake, they said, well, we'll give you an order for 900 pairs. Okay, so this is, every entrepreneur knows how exciting, uh -huh. how exciting that first big order is, right? And you, you forecast out, okay, well, how many pairs are we going to sell a week? How many do we need to buy? And that number, God bless my partner, is like maybe was 4,000, probably could have been three. And I'm like, no, we're, we're ordering 20,000 and we're going to be the biggest thing since sliced bread. 
And almost as soon as that order shipped and customers started wearing it, gentlemen who were in the large to extra large category said the underwear shot right off them. And they said, now we know why you call it naked because it doesn't (laughs) stay on the body. (laughs) And I had done the classic mistake of not having proper process in designing this thing. And so now I have 19,000 pairs of underwear that doesn't fit. Mm-hmm. I've spent the entire treasury, all my shareholders' money on it. It cost me all my first shareholders. It cost me thousand, a thousand customers. And did, literally as, in that moment, I'm just starting. I was like, I could literally throw in the towel right now mm-hmm. and have this giant failure on my or I, I see the mountain ahead of me and it is massive. Um, do I have the courage to climb it? And the answer is, obviously I did, but I didn't, you can't look at the whole mountain. Mm. You just have to say, what's that first step I can take? Mm-hmm. First step I can take is owning that I made a mistake, a really bad one. Mm-hmm. And the second step I can take is the beginning of remedying that and all that that entails. And so, I mean, that's a long way of sort of answering your question, not completely just saying like, I have had so many of those up until even the very ending. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, it's, but inside, inside these obstacles that we face are the lessons that we need to learn. Mm -hmm. And when we look at something as like, it has to be this way or else, um, we miss those lessons sometimes and we miss that that it's all leading in the right direction and that direction's not necessarily naked makes $10 trillion. That lesson and that that path is who does Joel become? Who does so-and-so become? And what can they do with what they've gained along the way, right? I, I'll uh, I'll stop there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I just the this conversation is a conversation that not many people are vulnerable to have, and I think it's so important because. In our in our modern marketing, we know that that you know we have to cover the, you know. The, the six figures in six days because otherwise yeah. people aren't interested. But what you're talking about is something that's so near and dear to my heart in that we have to go through these challenges. Let's call them challenges. I don't think that word even covers what, what these <laughs> feelings are. Right? It's it, like, it, oh, it, challenge, challenge. Right? Right, you know. Viscerally, they impact our bodies. They impact everything. Even as you were talking, you know, I've got visions of some of the big mistakes that I made back. And that's exactly, it wasn't, I wasn't thinking about what you were saying. I was feeling what you were saying. And, yeah. and I think that, that what is so valuable about this is understanding that we all go through them, that there is not one entrepreneur on the planet that doesn't have these stories. And 
also being accepting that they have to happen because it's these things that happen that teach us the lessons that we need to learn that get us to where we are and to wherever that is. And I know that you talk about entrepreneurship being a path to self-awareness. And mm -hmm. I guess the biggest question that I've got for you around that is, do you believe that we can get to that self-awareness, to that, that place of being our true self, if we don't go through all of those other challenges? Uh, if you're God, <laughs> if, <laughs> if you're a prophet or if you're, if you're just, I mean, there's, there's so many fun conversations there about karma and this and that and like how you're maybe how you're born into this world and 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 what phase you're in right uh, in terms of some people just seem to get it right mm -hmm. get themselves get that it's not such a big deal what people say and the rest of us get crippled on one <laughs> negative instagram comment <laughs> or something like that like you could have 199 positive comments on one of your amazing podcasts and if there was one would that one irk you uh-huh it would hurt of course, you right? because i'm human like we can say that we don't care what other people think but i think that unless you've got some sort of illness where i, I can't think of the word you know people that that go out and they're mass murderers like we do care we're humans Absolutely. we actually do care one of the things that always pains me so much when you talked about like entrepreneurs all feeling that thing. And then we, we shift that to just all humans, all feeling these things. Why are we so ungentle with each other? Why are we so hard on each other when we all know that we're just throwing these pains back and forth at each other? And so I don't think to, to answer your question that we can get there without these experiences. But these experiences don't matter if you're not listening. Mm. And so maybe that listening is through meditation. Maybe that listening is because you got a divorce and that divorce rattled you and rocked your world. Or maybe your friend died. Or maybe all of the above, because I've just listed some pretty basic human experiences, right? And so some people, they double down on guarding themselves mm -hmm. and not listening to that lesson. And some people open up. And entrepreneurship is such a great path for that because it provides so many humbling experiences where you can open up. And it's, it's inconvenient. Mm -hmm. It's incredibly inconvenient to do that work because like you said, people want the six day success formula, the mm -hmm, this, that, mm -hmm. and the other, right? And it just doesn't work that way because we are born into our traditions. We are born into worlds, Australia, America, Canada, that have nuanced traditions, but there's a lot of crossover similarities, especially in the West, that tell us certain things about how we should be, about, you know, we should be successful financially, right? Success mm -hmm. defines finances. We should be beautiful. We should be liked. We should work until we can't work anymore. We should have all these things. And, we, and we've developed this, this culture that instills these concepts on us so long 
that our, our parents carry them. Unbeknownst to them, there's no blame on the parents. Mm-hmm. We take them on. And then we pass them on to our kids. Mm-hmm. And all the stuff that we didn't feel good about, you know, unless we're really careful, we pass it on to them. And then as we go through our life, there are these opportunities to go back and, and, and undo those things. Okay. So sometimes, I mean, this is part of the reason why plant medicine, ayahuasca, different things like that are so popular is because it's a fast track to diving in and undoing them. And I, I, I'm a little off, off to the side here, but I'll, I'll try and get back to the point is that, so I'll use myself as an example. I put all my self-worth on being good at mm-hmm. running at whatever. And if I wasn't good, if I wasn't successful, then I was nothing. Okay. So that becomes the filter in which I respond to everything I do in my life. It, it becomes the filter of how I react in my relationship to my wife it becomes the filter in which how I do business dealings, how I, and so I, when I start to see that behavior happen because I've, something's happened. I said, well, what, not what happened? Why did it happen? And where did that start from? And I can go all the way back into myself and realize that, oh, you know, when I was 14 years old or when I was 16 years old, I adopted this belief system into my body. And for some people, that belief system is, I'm not good enough to be worthy of money. I am, you know, maybe, maybe your partner cheated on you and therefore you don't feel like you're worthy and you get locked in these places in these moments in time because of something traumatic that happened. And, um, and so, yeah, I think that the, the, the entrepreneur's journey offers us so many opportunities to see, I am reacting this way to a certain situation. Why am I reacting that way? And how do I undo that? It probably would have been simpler if I just said the last three things at the very beginning and saved everybody the middle, but I it's got all part of the story though, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so that's, that's why I think it's a journey. It's because it gives you, it gives you a chance to mm. see it. And, and if you ask yourself the question, why you get to go down into yourself and unlock it. And when you unlock it, these are, these are, you're, you're, you're freeing yourself from the stories you tell yourself about everything. Mm. And so that's when the world opens up to you in terms of opportunity to make money, in terms of opportunity to have better relationships with your employees, in terms of opportunities to say, maybe this business deal isn't great, but it gives you the courage and the freedom to have all these business deals here on the side. And that's, and that's really the potential that you're unlocking. You're freeing yourself from this tunnel vision and you're, you have this whole big plane in front of you when that happens and you're not worried if it's this, that, or the other. So Mm. does that make any sense? I'm sorry. No, it's, it's all making perfect sense. Where I want to go here is when did you discover this? Because, and I don't know here if this is just, sort of my story in that, I, I mean, I didn't have a, a $100 million business or anything like that, but I did have a successful business. I wasn't doing something that was my, you know, my 
total life purpose and legacy. But what I did was created a great business. I still enjoyed it. It was still successful, but it wasn't sort of the the thing that I was like really, really wanting to do. It wasn't the thing where I went and did that exploration of self. And I think that a lot of people know what I'm talking about there. So for you, is that something that you did right, you know, before your first business? Or did you have a that journey that took you to that place where you're like, okay, I've learned all these lessons and, and now I know that it's something deeper? Mm, yeah. Yeah, definitely it was at the tail end of the first business because to be, just to, to reiterate the, the first point, I was a runner. I self-identified as a successful being mm -hmm. through running. I, I enjoyed the feedback loop mm -hmm. of win a race, get praise, these things, right? Mm -hmm. They taught me in a, in a negative way what I was worth, but they also showed me in a positive way what I was capable of. So mm -hmm. there is always duality oh, to the- I love that. Right? Um, and so because I didn't take time after, after the running to just be with myself, and I, I, I had to fill the void of the running with something naked, again, negative in that it filled this ego void, positive in that it it was an incredible experience and challenge. I'm in this for 10 years. This is not a quick turn for me, right? I'm in this for 10 years. It takes me from a small town garage to New York, to all over the world, to NASDAQ. And at the end of it, I am depressed completely. Mm -hmm. I am anxious completely. That I, for, for your listeners who have... That they understand the, this anxiety that sits in your chest and it just is like this buzzing thing that it affects everything that you do and it really tears at your confidence. Mm. And I'm, I'm sick. I'm chronically ill. I've been in hospital um, for just overwork and different things. And I said, this doesn't make sense. On Facebook, I look like a hero. I live, I work on Madison Avenue and I travel all the time and I eat at fancy restaurants and I do all these things. And there's nothing wrong with those things. I'm not mm -hmm. saying those things are bad. I'm saying, why is my reaction to these things this depression, anxiety? Mm. <laughs> you know? And it's that old adage, you know, your body whispers until it screams. I'm sure that. I had had indicators along the way that you need to exit this thing or you need to change the way you're doing this thing. And I just ignore, ignore, ignore mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. to the point where my body shut me down and, and said, you're going to have a different journey now. And I am, I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed that I live in New York and I'm selling my company to bend and lingerie and I'm depressed and I feel like a failure. And all of a sudden I'm looking at Instagram and I'm saying every single one of these people is better than me because mm. they don't look depressed. And, mm. and so I had to, I, it was, you know, again, it wasn't me. Sometimes you need somebody to shake you. And I had a friend, this is, this is Jason Gordon in Miami. He's an incredible doctor, businessman. He's a successful businessman. And I said, 
just please, he, or actually I didn't say, please let me come down. He said, please come down. Let me sit with you for a few days and let's talk. And then as you start to talk and as you cultivate and create space for silence, time back in nature where you can ground yourself, not punish yourself for those mm-hmm, who aren't mm-hmm. familiar with the term grounding. Um, it's just, it's you all of a sudden things start to, to, to come up that you had buried and you look and you say, I'll go there. Let's, 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 this thought is coming up. Let's go there and let's explore that. Let's discuss that. Let's feel that and see where that leads. And so it's not a quick journey in the movies. You know, if you look at Joseph Campbell's heroes, heroes, classic heroes journey in the movie, that's a monster in the movies, that's a villain. And there's one. Or maybe there's an army, but that represents one. A collective. A collective. And you have to beat that one. In life, it's many. And so there's all of them. Our, our fear, our anger, our arrogance, our envy, our, our, um, all these things are different battles to face because they, they all have different. But once you start to do one, you build the confidence that you can face these others, right? And you just have to have patient reverence for your, for your process here, that it's mm-hmm. going to take time. And business doesn't stop. I didn't go sit under a tree for four years. I ran another business during that period of time. But, the, but what was happening was the work was balancing out with the inner journey. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't, it wasn't lopsided. It was finding its... It's, it's, it's balance that allowed me to not ignore it, but also still be a functioning entrepreneur, human being, father, you know. I'm, I'm really glad that you brought that last piece up because I think that a lot of people think it has to be an all or nothing journey. It's like when they go through times like this, it's like, well, we have to stop. We have to stop everything, you know, take on zero business, go sit under an apple tree and, and wait for the, you know, some message to come and hit us on the head instead of an apple. But it, you know, for, for a lot of us, we kind of, you know, we don't have the, the um, mostly the financial situation yeah. to be able to go and do that. Um, and not that I think that, uh, and, you know, that's my personal perspective, not that I think that's a great thing either. Because we are like our business and and what we're going through is all part of who we are as a person. You know, there is our financial responsibilities and our relationship and our family and our career and our health. And they all need to synergistically work together. And and I don't think that it's as healthy to walk away from one of these pieces totally and to be able to integrate it all again. But I'd love your thought on that. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're, you're just hitting everything on the mark. And, and for those who are listening, it's like some people roll their eyes and it's like this is literally almost everybody. Like mm-hmm. this is in, in varying degrees. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, there's this great quote from a guy named David Dida. I don't have the full, full quote, but essentially the sum of it is it's not freedom from, it's freedom as. And so freedom from is what you described where it's like, I can remove all this baggage. So in, in, in the example you use, that's, I'm just going to go away and deal with this problem. 
and come back to my normal life and somehow I can integrate it, right? Because somehow I, I solved it there with none of the challenges of real life. <laughs> I can integrate that, no problem, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. But freedom as is, is accepting that all these things that make up life will always be here. The challenges, the heartbreaks, the business struggles, um, the aging, all those things that we have to face. So it's not... It's, it's finding the freedom of unattachment and of peace with as in these things, amongst these things that are happening in our life. And the best way to do that is by doing that while you're in it, while you're still living your life. And, and, and it's so great in the sense that, yeah, sure, on a beach in Mexico, I feel great. Mm. But when I, when I, and I can feel the same greatness after a morning workout and a morning meditation, and then I go about my day, and my day is going to beat me down, possibly. Mm-hmm. And that's when I'm in, that's when I'm actually in the work. I'm not, I'm prepping myself and I'm preparing myself in the other stuff. It gives me the tools to face those things. But if I can't take them and face those things, then I'm not doing anything with mm. it, right? Guy cuts me. If I just meditated for two hours and then a guy cuts me off on my way to work and I swear at him and flipping so, the bird, <laughs> I didn't do it. What did I accomplish, right? Uh huh. Uh huh. So yeah, absolutely. We take. We should take. We should be honored that life gives us these moments to all the time to always respond better. There's always going to be another chance to do a little better than we just did because it's going to keep happening and happening. And that's how we become the person who can go out and face the world and, f- and have peace in it and, mm-hmm. have, and, and be that person that we all look up to where they, they seem to kind of float through these things. That's, that's how you do it. You, you, you take the practices and you, you apply them to all the moments of your life every day. I love and that. If you screw up, guess what? You get to do it again. Again, like I just said, we get to, it's a gift, right? It's a gift to keep having that lesson. And then we get to, you know, the stakes get higher. You, you probably have a lot of really successful people, more successful than me on your podcast. And they can attest to the higher up you level, the harder the challenges get and the higher the stakes get. Again, I said at the beginning, that's a little bit contradictory. It all feels the same. It does, but there, there is a leveling up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you're, you're prepping yourself. I couldn't be the president of the United States today. No. I'm, I'm way too insecure, in, <laughs> right? But like, and I'm not saying the current president is or isn't or, or any president for that matter. So you mentioned that, you know, it, it's just sort of like essentially a new level, new devil. But I think that even though it is that very, I don't know if you can remember like the first time something really went bad in your business. I know that I certainly can. And I thought that that was going to be like, oh my goodness, I can't do this anymore. I'm, I'm going to lie under the doona forever and go back and get a job. But even though I still have those challenges daily, they're still not the same as that very first one. That, you know, having a customer complain because, you know, there wasn't a deliverable on time, 
I know now that that's just an easy to deal with. You just apologize and we move on and we've moved to fixing it. So I think that, yes, we do have things going wrong all the time, but it does get easier. It's like a muscle that when we're using it all the time, we are able to get through these challenges a lot quicker. You're bang on. That's what I meant when I said that if we apply what we're doing to all those challenges, we get better. And apologies if, if that, if that, uh, that didn't land. Sometimes I, I get a little bit. It, oh, it could be me too. Here, but, <laughs> but you're, you're, you've said it, you said it very, you said it very well. And that's exactly it is that we're preparing ourselves always for what comes next. You know, we hold, mm. we hold ourselves up for review. You know, we, we say mm. that I'm not going to be perfect, but mm. I'm going to try. Mm. I'm not going to hold on to the idea of perfection, but I'm going to try because it's a, it's a, it's a powerful commitment to make as a human being to say, I'm going to try and make the best product I can make. I'm going to try and run the best business I can make. I'm going to try and have the best relationship with my husband or wife I, I can have. I'm going to try always to be better. And that involves constant review. Mm. What did I do well at today? What did I not do well at today? You know, not simply, oh, I didn't close that deal. Why? Where mm. did I, mm. in my thinking, hold myself back or in my action? Where did I go wrong? How can I improve upon that? That is, that's, if we do that, you know, we can have peace in, and then we're doing our best because, mm. Mm. All we're entitled to is our work. And I don't mean work, just entrepreneurship work, the work of our life. We're entitled to the effort that we bring into doing the best work we can in our life. We're not entitled to the result. I'm not entitled to a perfect kid if I, if I am a great father. That kid will be what that kid will be. I'm not entitled to a perfect marriage if I am a really, really good husband. I'm not entitled to that because she's her own person. And I'm not entitled to a seven-figure exit because I worked really hard in my business. I'm just entitled mm. to the integrity that I worked really hard in my business. Totally, totally. I love that. I want to touch on something that you just mentioned a little bit ago. You kind of mentioned it, but I would love to dive into it a little bit. And that was when you were talking about, you know, going and doing the travel and going to the fancy restaurants and having, you know, what we would – call the finer things in life before you decided that no that wasn't what you were what was making you happy and what i want to dive into for just a second is that attaching feelings to those material things mm. do do you do you think that it was the the finer things that had you feeling not fulfilled or do you believe that we can have the finer things and be fulfilled so essentially isn't an and or, or no no it's not it you can absolutely have both i think the um the guy's name is isaiah berlin and he's got negative liberty and positive liberty and negative liberty is when you're free of encumbrances um physical like you don't have money is not a concern and positive liberty is when you're you're free of mental encumbrances. Um, you're, you're free to just enjoy everything as it is. 
And when we get there, all of life becomes this, this beautiful gift and that, that we get to live. And that includes the, the wonderful creation of, of fine dining and fine wine. And those are beautiful things that were created by other entrepreneurs and creators, mm. and they deserve to be enjoyed and celebrated. And we can also enjoy, I mean, travel is a gift and that's a gift that, that costs money for, you know, mm-hmm. and, and yet it, it makes the world a better place. And so it's about having peace with both. It's about mm-hmm. having enjoyment with both. It's, it's when you're unhappy in the absence of something that the problem is there, not if you are celebrating the presence of something. I, I hope for everybody to, to have all, and I think that everybody deserves to have those experiences and not feel guilty for them. That's, that's a negative bias that goes back to our point about these concepts that we're taught from our traditions. If we're taught that it's wrong to enjoy good food because we don't deserve it or because it's not in line with some, then we're going to hold that through our life. And, and it doesn't serve us because it just makes us feel bad. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's what, that's the problem is they just, these things just make us feel bad. Like I, every incredibly successful person I know truly, I feel like truly is grateful for and enjoys the things that they have. They don't take them for granted. They find love and enjoyment and, and purpose in these things. And those are the same types of people could do a better job of this than I have in my life who at different stages in their life also found enjoyment and pleasure in the things that were available to them at that stage in their life. Mm. You know, so I don't know. Did I answer your question? <laughs> you absolutely did. And, and what I, ta- what I took from that and I haven't actually heard anyone maybe say in those words or maybe I haven't heard other people's words properly was that well you know I totally agree that it's not the attachment to those things and I think that a lot of people get confused with that thinking it's because of those things I need to go and find more meaning without them but but the piece that I took from that and love from being an artist from being a choreographer is that we are we're all creatives and some of us need to create beautiful things you know more than others and that by us if we enjoy fine dining going and enjoying that is actually giving um you know, the the chance for someone else to be living their purpose when they love to serve up a beautiful plate of food and that, you know, it's okay for us to go and appreciate other people living their passions and that there's something beautiful in that just in itself. Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. That's, what is the point? Okay, there's a, that's, that's a dangerous where place to go, but... Like, <laughs> <laughs> we probably don't have enough time for that today but you never know another day i, I i'm in in its simplest sense i think life is a, is something that is to be enjoyed is it is a gift for mm-hmm. us to be enjo- 
to, to enjoy it and we get to choose, we have the freedom to choose whether we're going to enjoy it or whether we're not, whether we're going to look at this and say, that is too expensive, that is too this, that is too that, you know, or just enjoy it. And mm. I think the people who get it right are the ones who find enjoyment in everything. And they, the emo- mm. they live the most abundant lives because mm. there is abundance in everything. There's abundance in a glass of water. And there's no mm-hmm. pretension in, in that. And there's abundance in, in a Bordeaux. <laughs> you know, it's uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. But what eyes are you seeing it through? You know, life, not the water and the water. Well, I guess the water and the water. Yeah. Well, I guess essentially it's all of it, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So for people that are listening to this and they're thinking, you know, and, and potentially, you know, we have had a, a crazy year this year, 2020. You and I said that we didn't want to deep, in, <laughs> deep dive into that part of the story. And, and I'm so glad that you said that because I'm not there either. <laughs> you know, I, but I do think that 2020 has given us the opportunity to, to see new opportunities mm-hmm. to stop and take a breath, take stock of where we're heading in our lives. Uh, and I know that a lot of people that I've spoken to are very much uh, – you know, decided that maybe there's some things that weren't serving us, we can let them go and go and do something, you know, that we want to. So I'd love you to to finish off by sharing what are some of the questions that you asked yourself that you can potentially share with our listeners. So if they're in this position of, I want to leave this anxiety behind, or I want to leave this, this grind behind, I haven't quite found my, my pace or my passion yet, you know, what, what are the questions that we can ask ourselves to get, you know, back on track? Mm-hmm. Great point. Uh, and there's a, there's an interesting point just to the first part about how you're allowed to share from the scar, not the wound. So 2020, we're still in the wound. <laughs> so we, <laughs> right. It'll hopefully be a scar. Um, the, uh, the questions I ask myself are always, am I, am I lying to myself? So, this is a question that sometimes somebody else can answer for us, someone who knows us really well, who just has an incredible ability to smell BS and be like, you're lying to yourself. But this is, this is like the best example I always have for this is, is friends. We all have friends that we're friends with because we have history, but not because we feel that friendship is necessarily building us or rewarding us in the present. And we hang on and we do the whole dance instead of letting go of that friendship. And effectively by hanging on, we're lying to ourselves because by holding on to that, we are denying ourselves both the truth to ourselves and potentially a different friend, different time that can go be created from that moment. That can be applied to anything we do. That can be applied to a business deal that you, your gut told you you shouldn't do, but you did it you lie to yourself. The lying is when you're not listening to the, to the insights, when they're telling you something. So mm-hmm. I always ask myself, when I am about to agree to something, am I lying to myself about this thing? And if the answer is yes, I may still do it anyway, but at least mm-hmm. I know. Mm-hmm. And the second question I always ask myself is how am I complicit in creating the conditions I don't like? 
or I don't want. So if I get into a little tailspin about I, this consultant is driving me nuts. Sorry, I, I'm consulting this company and they're driving me nuts. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. How am I complicit in, uh, am I going to sit there and complain about this company for, to my friend, to my colleague, to my mentor, to my coach, whatever? Or am I going to look inside and say, wait, how did I get here? How did I let myself get to this position where I am now complaining about this this situation I am in. How am I complicit? And it's a bit different than the lying because you're just trying to assess what you, what your involvement was. And then when you get there, the question is, what do I do about it? What am I prepared to do mm. about it? So those, those sort of three questions really help me navigate. You don't always get them right. You know, you, you just, you just sometimes you're like, I don't even know how I was complicit in creating this condition marriages are a really good place to look at like how am I complicit in creating a marriage I don't want or mm-hmm. a, a corporate culture if you especially if you have a small tight team how am I complicit in I hired these people I am like <laughs> I trained these people I I was the feedback loop for these people I am complicit if I don't like their behavior I didn't fire them in time right uh-huh. etc so we're, we're always there. And sometimes they're just, I'm here. Okay. I accept it. What do I do about it? What am I prepared to do about it? And I mm. guess one, one bonus question would be, what's the worst thing that can happen if I act like in terms of what do I do about it? And I'm scared about, okay, I'm going to fire this client. And that means I'm out 10 grand a month. What's the worst that could happen? I'm out 10 grand a month or is it way worse than that? Is it mean I can't go on a vacation or like, and am I okay with that? Right. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. I lose 10 grand a month. I'm okay with that. Or one grand mm. a month, whatever it is, right. It's coming to terms with the worst case scenario that you could possibly fathom and saying, it's okay. I'm okay with that. I'm going to take this action and see what happens. And nine times out of 10, almost 10 times out of 10, it's fine. It works. As, yeah. Right? So, yeah. Yeah. We're, we're very resilient creatures, us humans, and we can normally find our way out. And the thing that we're afraid of the most when it does happen, because, well, you know, going, speaking to that nine times out of 10, it will happen uh, when we're, you know, going down that path. It teaches us so much or we realize it wasn't as bad as what we thought it was, or it leads us to other opportunities. There's always so many different paths that that thing can take anyway. Um, But again, another huge conversation. Joel, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you today. For um, I'd love you to share where people can connect with you. Um, and also, I know that you've got a book coming out fairly soon. I'd love you to share a little bit about that. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, you can find anything about me on joelprimus.com, uh, joelprimus.com. I blog there semi-infrequently. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's, there's some stuff there. It just, it, it really, a lot of what we talked about, I just muse over in there. Um, so it's a bit business, it's a bit life, it's a bit, you know, personal. And, um, and it has access to all the other things that I'm doing or involved with companies that I'm, I'm working on. And, you know, the book, I, it's really, it's a book of questions. I'm, it's the book that I wanted as the guide when I first started my business because the mistakes I made 
were a byproduct of the questions I didn't know to ask. Mm -hmm. And you don't know what you don't know, right? So mm -hmm. I'm not saying I have all the answers in the book, but it definitely has a lot of the questions that as an entrepreneur from sort of start to finish, um, concept to exit, woven in through the story of my company, it provides a lot of those questions. And I think a pretty raw and real uh, testimony to how entrepreneurship can affect our mental health our relationships, our life. Um, I, I don't hold back. And I, you know, ultimately it's a journey back to the self. Um, and that's hence the title getting naked is kind of like getting back to yourself. And that's, um, yeah, that's the book. And I'm really excited to share it with people when it comes out. So looking forward to reading that. Joel, it's been an absolute pleasure, as I said, chatting with you today. What's one little tiny piece of wisdom that you can leave us with today for any entrepreneur who's listening that just knows that they're here for bigger things? Oh, gosh. Um, you know, hold that in your heart, but don't rush it. You know, if you know you're here for bigger things, then then let go and accept that that's what you're here for. And know that it will come to you when it's supposed to and not a minute earlier. Absolutely love it. Thanks so much, Joel, for hanging out with me here today. It's been a pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen to the show. Whenever you're ready, here are three ways I can help you. Number one, grab a free copy of the Thought Leaders Positioning Checklist over at samanthariley.global forward slash checklist. Number two, check out my inner circle for coaches, experts, and change makers over at samanthariley.global forward slash inner circle. Or number three, connect with me to discuss how I can work with you on a more personal or a one-on-one -on -one level at hello at samanthariley.global. I look forward to hanging out with you here again on Thursday, right here on the Thought Leaders Business Lab.